is going to get my timer set here. But I'm not starting it yet. I could go so many places <laughs> with this drosh. But I'm going to leave all of the discussion about ritual purity laws to my husband, Johannes. So if you have any questions, you can ask him. <laughs> what I'm going to do is I'm just going to focus in on one line in Luke chapter 7. Blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Why does Yeshua say this? I believe that he's once again challenging the heart, the will, and expectation. I believe that he's inviting them in, but he's saying that invitation comes at a cost. You see, they were grateful to receive the miracles and to hear the good news. But deep down inside of them, there was this expectation and this hope that maybe this might be the man that they had been waiting for, the one who would be seated on the throne in Jerusalem, and it would bring an end to the Roman occupation and their suffering. I believe that even in the midst of incredible miracles happening all around, Yeshua is challenging their ideas about what his kingdom looks like, and he's still challenging us today. Reading this passage, it's a reminder to us that things don't happen the way that we expect them to. And at times it will be offensive and challenging and humbling to our understanding as we're learning his ways. And you know, just when we think that we have gone as low as humanly possible in this process, it'll be required of us to go even lower still. It will be a lifelong process of becoming the least to prepare the way for his return. A lot of submitting our will and understanding and clearing ground. This kind of commitment and work is offensive to human understanding. So when Yeshua is saying, blessed is the one who is not offended by me, he's saying, pay close attention to me. See what I'm doing and learn my ways so that your heart is not offended when I ask you to do likewise. He's saying, blessed is the one who does not lose faith in me when he's required to forgive a brother who has caused him harm because we belong in his kingdom and we have a calling of a ministry of reconciliation. Blessed is the one who does not stumble when they have contended for good things and they don't see it happen in their lifetime, but it paves the way for the next generation to enter in. Blessed is the one who is not offended by where that I have them, but they choose to trust in my goodwill and purpose for their life. Now, I want to zone in on a couple of things that the Lord's been teaching me about offense. Offense is most often linked to identity, promise, desire, and relationships. Offense walks a fine line of partial truth. What do I mean when I say that? Satan's narratives present us with just enough of the truth to draw us in and just enough of the truth to keep us deceived into believing that it's our right to hold on to offense. I have a newsflash. If the devil's talking, he's lying. <laughs> the enemy will present temptation, but we don't have to give him our participation, right? The moment that we have taken hold of offense is the moment that we have decided we are the most important. In that moment, we have exalted ourselves. And yes, we matter to the Lord. These deep heart things matter to the Lord. But what we're getting at is, does he matter the most to us? 
When offense isn't dealt with, it's like blinders over the eyes, and it's like rot in the bones. We lose our God sight. That's the ability to see through the eyes of Yeshua and walk in the leading of his spirit. I would say these are two very important things we want to have. Offense does not stay contained. It permeates every sphere of life. It oozes out of the pores of a person through judgmental and accusatory speech. Offense is often connected to a root system of personal preference that has become laws. And those laws are then put on others and put on God. He says, blessed is the one who's not offended by me because there will be plenty of temptation to be offended by him. This is why it's so important to know him and to know his ways. We must continually ask ourselves, are our identities and promises and desires and relationships being rooted in the will of God? God's will for us is to grow into the image of his son being changed from glory to glory. God's will for us is to stand firm on the promises in his word while holding personal promise with open hands before him. God's will is that our desires exalt Yeshua and not ourselves. God's will is that we see neighbor through Yeshua's eyes and with Yeshua's heart. Our identities and promises, desires, and relationships all must be formed by the mind of Messiah and not our own ideas and opinions. The more we make the outcome of our lives about Yeshua, the less time we will have to be offended by him. And so I just want to share a personal story. Ten years ago, I had a dream, and it kept coming multiple times. And in that dream, we had three sons and two daughters. And the two daughters that we had in that dream, we had adopted. And so during that 10 years later, which would have been three years ago, Johannes and I decided that we were going to take a faith step. There were a few things that had also happened in the physical that we thought were a confirmation for us to make this step. And so we went and we asked some information and found out if it was a possibility for us to adopt. And what happened? We received a no, an absolute no. And I grieved over those kids for over a year. I grieved over an unjust system that had been set up that would prevent them from having the opportunity at getting a better life. I grieved over this system that had been set up that would keep them in a cycle of poverty. And when all of the grief melted away, I was left with the reality that I was angry and I was offended. And I had a lot of questions of the Lord. And the Lord came to me and he asked me, Olivia, what do you want the most? Do you want the dream or do you want me? Because if you want the dream, you can make it happen, but you will not have me. I made the mistake of assuming that because it was a good desire that was rooted in his commands from his word to care for the orphan, that I would have his favor. And I begin to repent of the error of my assumption and repent of my offense.
And I began just offering everything back up to him, offering the dreams, offering the desire. And at last I said, Lord, hear those children. They're yours. And you love them more than I ever could. You can have them. They belong to you. And as I began to receive the forgiveness of the Lord, he said to me, thank you for loving the orphan with me. And thank you for being willing to give them a home. Yeshua is looking for committed servants and friends who with locked gaze say to him daily, I am with you, Yeshua. My answer is still yes. And no matter what, I will trust you. So blessed is the one who is not offended by him. Shabbat shalom.